there's a big thing these mm. days, I'll just say to this, where people say, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. No, darling, it's your truth. Mm. Yeah. We've got a president now who bypasses the press, calls the New York Times or whoever it is fake news and just tweets. And when stuff gets challenged, quite often the response is, people should be allowed to say what they want to say because it's free speech. I believe for the new Doctor Who's, there are women on board and all yep. the rest, but as we always say, let's see what makes it to screen. I've oh, got yes. several Alexas at home. Yeah. She turns off my lights for me. She plays music for Does me. Does she, she turn you on, radio for, Well, <laughs> she probably would if I asked her. <laughs> I think we have to look at history before we start making as many changes as a lot of young people are looking to make mm. who don't seem to know how many footprints that we have made along the way. Exactly. Why would you do that on it. National Telly. Why would you do it on that? Sorry, yeah. sorry. Well, I teach you a lesson. An actress goes on a reality oh, program. Okay. Yes. Who, who? <clears throat> let's put it this way: she hasn't starred in many films lately. Uh, Katie Manning, Paul Joseph, Gail Renard, and Andy Cast join me, Nick Randall, to celebrate SNS Online's tenth birthday by considering the many changes that have occurred over the last ten years. So mm. I mean, we created that in Doctor Who. Yeah, and the Green Death. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You see, you're on my subject now, kids. Come on. <laughs> Professor Jones took no, Katie up the Amazon. No. The Five Debaters, available now. I'm slightly worried we've not quite given you a debate, more just like a lively chat. Now, I've always had this attitude to men. If you repulse me, I'm, you know, whereas if you're nice, you can put your hand on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm... Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. Hello, hello. To all of you scratch and sniffers out there, and a huge happy Christmas to you as well, one and all. You're joining us for part two of our collective catch-up show, celebrating no less than ten years of the SNS brand. Who would have thunk it? So don't forget to check out part one, featuring actor Julie Hesmanhaus, writer and stand-up sensation Toby Haydock, musician Minute Taker, and more. Meanwhile, this is the best of the rest. Although trying to choose between all the many guests we've had in the past has been something akin to Sophie's Choice. I know, I'm filling up. Anyway, we've now picked our faves, so for those of you that didn't quite make the grade, squish squish, now go and have a satsuma and get over it. For our first victim on today's show, Juggler Vane first, I'm heading to a pub in Henley-on-Thames to meet a true tour de force a la nature. That's actually French for fabulous, fabulous. Carol Tapau-Decker, yes. how the devil are you? I'm really well, it's good to see you again. It's amazing, and we're in the same pub, The Bull, in uh, Henley-on-Thames, yeah. a lovely, lovely pub, go yeah. and check it out. They've been yeah. very courteous and turned the music down and everything. And it's time for our little catch-up. Um, you've done a lot of stuff. I have, since I saw you last. Yeah, well, the, lots of gigs, just mm. never stop gigging. The live work's been amazing, lots of festivals, lots of gigs with my own band. 
And also, I've, I've turned into a bit of a telly tart. I'm a, I'm a bit of a quiz show queen, aren't I? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, you've done MasterChef UK, uh, The Right Stuff, loads of appearances on that, Loose Women, where I actually had a little mini campaign on Twitter to try to get you a regular gig there. I don't think it actually worked yet, but, you know. The funny thing is about Loose Women is whenever I go there, they go crazy and they, because, you know, oh, you've got such great personality and I can walk and talk at the same time. They go, <laughs> well, you know, we're going to be in touch, we want you to be on the panel. Yeah. And they never, ever, ever get back to me. So I talked to my agent about it and he went, oh, I've had to have a word with them. They have to stop doing that. Yeah. And I went, what do you mean? And he said, and apparently they do it to everybody. Oh, <laughs> so really? Okay. So you come away going, yeah, they're going to call me. I'm going to be one of them, you know, and they never do. So. I tried to get you hashtag, but I think it got about five retweets. <laughs> Sorry, Carol. I know, I know. <laughs> such is life, yeah. So, okay, the Virgin Anthology Collection, which was a massive, massive thing, there's a brand new single as well, Run, directed yeah. by your daughter Scarlett. Yeah. And I've got to say, that, that song is off the chart. I love it so, so oh. much. And every time you call me, I love the video. Thank you know, you. good Thank on Scarlett. You. No, um, we were super proud of Run. Me, Ronnie, and uh, Carsten Moss, our keyboard player, we, we wrote it together, and Carsten produced it. I think it's amazing. And I've got to say, I, I can't hide how disappointed I was that it didn't get any radio play. You know, I went to Radio 2, shelled out on a plugger. Um, quite a few of the producers really liked it, but you need a bit of a consensus. Like a, I think it's like a committee now that decide whether it goes on a playlist. Mm. As opposed to in the old days probably long ago than I care to, to remember. If you got one DJ and one producer who decided they were going to champion your song, they had the autonomy to do that, but now it's it's consensus, and if you don't get enough of them behind yeah. you. So it just missed getting on the playlist, like, by a Nat's pube, and I was so gutted. It should have been a massive sum hit. It was, it, yeah. It's just such a lovely song. Yeah. I just don't understand it. I mean, one of our previous guests, Puppet Rebellion, uh, just produced an album, and now they've disbanded because... They couldn't take it any further. They haven't had any development. The music industry just seems to be a bit scrambled at the moment. Well, I think it's always been a tough industry. I mean, even mm. when I had the, the backing of a massive record company, mm. I had quite a few, as many misses as I had hits because you put out what you think is a great single and they go, meh, or the public don't get behind it despite what you think. Mm. But I, I have to say I love Run. My faith in it hasn't been shaken. And the, the upside about... Stuff being up on Spotify and you being able to remind people via social media that it's always there. <sighs> so even if it was that, uh, what was that? <laughs> that was not me farting, ladies and gentlemen. I just moved my my bottom slightly on the seat. On the leather chair. <laughs> Thank you for highlighting yeah. that, Carol Decker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Um, yeah, so thank you for the compliments. Now, the video, um, yes, Scarlett, my daughter, is at Bournemouth Uni doing um, animation. And all of her mates are doing drama, art, you name it, you know, that she's in that sort of uh, clique of people. And I said, come on, help me out. And you can do anything on a regular camera now, even on a flipping iPhone, the 
the HD is amazing, you know. So we literally shot it in the garden and the field across the road with all our mates, and I paid them in pizza, so it was a real student video. And I think it's great fun, I love it. And That's Scarlett's adorable. Really, thank you, and Scarlett's really good at editing. Mm. She's great at um, all the, the sort of... Uh, yeah. points where the beat, you know, where the, the song should move on the beat. Mm. She's got a very sort of natural feel for that. Well, all that sort of, you know, stop-start animation thing, which, which is amazing. What's taken that ages? I know. Well, no, not as long as you think. Oh. And I have no idea how they do it. Um, she's actually doing 2D animation. So mm. when she's a fully-fledged animator, I wanted to do like a cartoon video, but that takes months. Yeah. It does. You've got to be really... Well, for a future video. Yeah, but you've really got to plan for that. Whereas mm. we, we sort of said one day... Should we do a video in the field? And then in 48 hours, we were doing it. So, you know, it came together. You looking enigmatic in the field. Yes. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I was the sort of narrator. Yeah. Let's talk about MasterChef then. Mm. That was quite recent. Carol, how much cooking do, do you do at home? I cook regularly because I have two kids and I don't want them to die, so I cook. But I have a very limited repertoire of mom's dishes. You have played some of the great stadiums around the world. Yep. And yet making chilli con carne makes you nervous. It does, yeah. You know, because at home I'd have had half a bottle of red wine by now and wouldn't care. I'm not allowed to do that here. <laughs> we were gunning for you, Carol. Oh, thanks. I... We are gunning for your macaroons or whatever you uh, What did I do? I did uh, cardin parma ham with a pee puree oh. and uh, chocolate fondant, which I aced. And then I so aced my guinea fowl in the next round and then totally messed up my cheesecake, which looked like purple vomit. So they kicked me off. We were black armbands that night. Me I and know, Andrew. I was really upset. I thought they might forgive the cheesecake because everything else was so good. <laughs> and did all the challenges. And I was partnered up with Keith Allen, who's nuts, you know, <laughs> nicely nuts. And I... I was quite intimidated to meet him because he's quite hardcore yeah. and doesn't, you know, quite sort of big-time lefty socialist yeah. type. I know what you mean. You think, you think, oh, am I going to be like, cool enough for him? I've never been cool enough. And, I, <laughs> and I'm, I'm of no political persuasion whatsoever. No. And, and, you know, but he was just my bestie on the oh, show. He was adorable. He really, really was. Nice. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So you're, you're doing a few bits of telly now. I mean... The Celebrity Jungle is on at the moment. Yeah. I can so see you wearing that little red uh, <laughs> thing and um, swinging around like Jane and Tarzan. Well, you know what? Um, uh, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here interviewed me, auditioned me, whatever you want to call it, mm. probably 14 years ago. How long has the show been running? Uh, is it 18 years Yes, because we were still living in London and we've lived in Henley for 13 years. And Scarlett was tiny and Dylan was a newborn. And... I got a call and I got interviewed by whoever was in charge back then and my agent said, oh, you're, you've been shortlisted. So I started getting the heebie-jeebies because my children were babies. And I said to Richard, I, I don't, if I get it, I'm going to turn it down. You know, I'm not going to leave you, don't worry. This is, you know. And Richard went, fuck off, they'll put us up in the Versace Hotel. You are <laughs> so doing it. You know? <laughs> Love it. Anyway, I didn't get it, and oh. they've never called me since. So. Oh, well, can't you call them? How's it work? I've got ambivalent feelings about I'm a But slave. you're still young enough to do it. You know, you, you'd be fantastic. We'd be all gunning for I you. No, I, I couldn't jump out of a helicopter. 
Of course, you could. I've done that, and I'm a complete whoopsie. No, I couldn't. I'd absolutely there'd be a like brown vapor trail behind me. And, <laughs> and my husband was a paratrooper, you think? And his brother was a paratrooper, but honestly, you 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 would do it. You would be fine. You, you just really? you, yeah, I totally know I'm you. You quite gutsy lady. You would so be able I'm to. I'm not do. scared of flying or anything. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just scared of jumping out of a plane. Well, you just scream it, but you'll yeah. be all right. If they ever ask me to do Strictly, I'll be over the moon. I was going to ask you that one next. Yeah, mm. well, no, they haven't asked me. So. Mm. <laughs> Put in a word, you work at the beach. Strictly, Strictly! And also, um, I'm just looking at another... I can't tell you, I'd have to kill you, but there's another one. Can I tickle you? Oh, no, I can't do that now. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, so there's another one. I've just got an email this morning to say, would you be interested? In, and it's something that I would be prepared to do. Yeah. And I think they're fun. Yeah. You know, I think they're fun, and, and I can't believe I've moved into sort of middle-aged telly programmes, but there you go. What was the, um, you did, was that a charity single to do with the Armed Forces? I'm sure I saw a video recently, but it was a while ago. Yeah, well, funnily you should mention that, because obviously it was the 100th anniversary of, of the end of the First World War, yeah. and it was called We Will Remember Them, and we did it with... Um, Help for Heroes. We will remember them. Give thanks and honor them. Won't let their memory fade. We will remember them. And it was to raise money to go towards, you know, any any sort of um, charitable um, works that, that former servicemen and their family need. And I was the only person to remember we'd done it and, and tweet, hey guys, it's still out there and raises money every time you buy it. And we did it at Abbey Road and it was the 100th anniversary. They should have relaunched it mm. for that, shouldn't they? Mm. No, absolutely. But there was another one we, we dealt with on, in, on an SNS uh, called The Fallen Soldier, which, yeah. again, is relevant every single year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. definitely they should reboot them or just even just have a little social media campaign and say this, you know, this, this is relevant every year. But to miss out on the 100th anniversary, I just thought was not joining up the dots. Talk about some of the live gigs, some of the really, you know, some of the, the big highlights you've had in the last few years. Um, well, they would always have to be shock and awe. They would have to be the big festivals like Rewind. And uh, we went and did W Fest in Belgium, which is massive. Um, what else? The Let's Rock festivals across the summer are fantastic. So, you you know, you get on a multi-bill with all, all our kind of, our cronies, people from our era and it's just a massive party, and I do love that. Do you want to do it, Henry? Perfect. Okay, so since then I put my autobiography out, 
Oh, absolutely. Let's talk about that. Heart and Soul, which um, is still out there for a little Christmas stocking for the folks on Amazon. And we did um, a 23-day acoustic tour to support that, which was just phenomenal. So that's the opposite of the Shock and All festivals, obviously. We were playing little chapels where the acoustics were just beautiful. And these were the, the unplugged uh, mm. shows, which were fantastic. Just yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, they were. Thanks very much. And all of our songs, because they're quite our songs are quite traditional pop rock songs so they work big and they work small they're not they're not um dependent on a groove if you like so you can do them whichever way you know so that was fantastic how about belly dorm let's talk about belly dorm one of my favorite i love belly and of course we've got john chalice coming up as well so yeah i love john i love john um We've gotten to know each other a little bit. He's very, very sweet. You're going to see his panto. If it comes here, I will, but um, probably not. You know. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really lazy. If it comes to Reading, I'll rock up. But um, yeah, uh, so he, we've gotten to know each other. We were introduced by our publisher, who published my book Heart and Soul and his different books that he's put out. And uh, he emailed me and he said, "You never guess what." He said, this is completely embargo, don't tell anybody, but later in the series, I have got to sing China in Your Hand to karaoke in Neptunes to my wife, you know. And I said, oh, that is fucking hilarious. I should so be there. I just need to be there, you know. So about two weeks later, I get a phone call from the director. He said, listen... There's no money. Because, of course, there's never any money, is there? <laughs> he says, Have you got expenses, at least? Yeah. He said, fly you out, put you in a lovely hotel, bring your husband, stay as long as you like. If you want to spend the week out there, and t- we'll fly you home. Yeah. You've got the room. The room's yours for as long as you want. Mm. And we're going to fit you into the scene. We haven't written it yet. Okay. We don't know what we're going to do with you when we get here. And I went, I'm in. <laughs> The sad bit was Richard was really busy working, so I just flew out and then oh. flew home. Mm-hmm. I had supper with John and his wife in the cast, and I was hanging out with everybody, which was... But it was a bit of a parallel dimension, wasn't it? Mm. Because you were getting married again yes. to somebody else, presumably. Carol Naughty Decker. Oh, I was. My hen party. Mm. Yeah, Carol's hen do, yeah. <laughs> and um, so it was just lovely, and sometimes it actually isn't all... I like to earn a fee. I like to earn my living like everybody else, and some people do try and take the piss, going, oh, come on, you know. But um, no, sometimes it's not always about the money. It's about just the fun or the opportunity. And they're such a great gang. They really, really are. And it's gone on the road, isn't it? It's a musical now? It's, it's a musical, which I'm going to see uh, next year. And also there's, there's, there's a film mooted at the moment, which is very, very exciting. Well, I, being a singer, I, I should be in the musical version somehow, shouldn't right. I? Are you hearing this, people? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I did tweet them, saying, and my cameo is when? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So also, you did the definitive to Pal with the Virgin Anthology. Yes. Um, well, um, before that, I think, we, didn't we do the British Spice box set? That came out. Probably. I haven't done my research. Before. No, well, my memory's really shocking as well. Yeah, so we had, obviously, 1987-2017, you know, we had a lot um, going on, and they put out the British Spice box set to just mark that first quadruple platinum album, all the hits that came off it. And then we had the Virgin Anthology, which was British Spies, Rage and The Promise, all which were recorded when I was signed to the label. We were actually signed to Siren, but Virgin was our mother company. 
So they kind of owned everything, you know. Mm. And they got in touch and just said, you know, would you work with us on it? Um, and I was delighted to. So we went to the EMI archives and I went through all these 30-year-old photo sessions and everything was there. All the old contact sheets, the rejected shots where I was thinking, actually, if I was picking the cover again, I'd pick that one. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, uh, and and slightly poignant, a bit depressing, looking at your 30-year-ago excitable self that was taking the world by storm. You know, it was, it was, like, a, it was like looking at my daughter, I have to say. Who yeah. Yes, there is such a similarity I there. I know, I know. In certain shots, it's like she looks like me in some mm. of my videos. Um, and it was great, and they're a wonderful team. And they, they now have... Um, a heritage curator, if you like, makes it sound like Stately Homes, who that's it's their job to curate these albums with as much care as possible. Yeah. Because I actually wrote to Virgin and complained that in in the intervening years since I'd left the label, because they own my back catalogue, every now and again they put out a shoddy greatest hits with a really dodgy picture on an awful awful font, mm. and I'd say I know I can't stop you from doing this, but can you not? Or if you're going to, give me a call and free of charge, I will write the sleeve notes, pick the, basically curate it like they're doing. So finally, like 10 years later, they've come to their senses and they're doing, they're doing it with me and many other artists when they realise what a, a heritage of hits that we've all got and it should be done properly for the fans. And I think our Bridge of Spice box set and our um, 30th anniversary box set are beautiful. So what about the future in terms of music? Any more original stuff you're looking to put out at some point? Well, relevant to what you, we were saying about Run being, in my opinion, grossly overlooked, and that other band you mentioned going, what's the point? Yeah. I've, I've been writing with Ron, but I do feel a little deflated about where to go with new music. Um, we could do what we've done in recent years, like we did with um, uh, Pleasure and Pain, as you just... Tell everyone it's out. Put it on Amazon. And, you know, Pleasure and Pain got five-star reviews on iTunes. Yeah. It's just hard to get any radio play for your new stuff. Graham Norton played it, didn't he? He played it once. Oh, bless him. I want to play it more. <laughs> it's really sweet. I have my fingers crossed there. Mm -hmm. um, but the only way to sell it is to go out on tour and be physically there and then have it on the merch stand and do a meet and greet and sign. And we sold a lot of records every night. You know, we were selling, shifting about 200 albums a night, which is amazing. But it's really, really hard work, and I'd really prefer <laughs> it if it got played on the radio when you just downloaded it, and I didn't have to do all that shit. Well, especially after you'd just done the gig as well. Exactly, but, you know... Well, I suppose the life. advantage is you get to meet your fans uh, and talk to them. Yeah, some of them are really weird, though. <laughs> Don't say that! <laughs> that wasn't out loud, was it? Did I say that? <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, so Ronnie and I have got some great new ideas... So do you think there is another to Pow album in you, Carol? There Not literally. There is a lot of music. I got the music in me, like Kiki D said. Mm. Stuck in there, mate, you know? Mm. Um, and I want to do something with it. It's just deciding the smartest way to do it. And that's what I'm struggling with. Not the fact that I don't have some great, great songs to sing. It's the smartest way to get it out to everybody. So, any tips? Come yeah. to me and we'll send it all to Carol. Yeah, yeah. Any, anybody tweet me at Carol Decker... And, and tell me what the fucking hell to do with my music. <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, listen, we're pretty well wrapping up. Just to ask, to talk about Sober, what's it called, Sober in October? Sober October. Yeah, Sober October. Well, at Sober October, to give it its Twitter handle, is 
officially linked to Macmillan Cancer Research, so you can be as sober as you like, mm-hmm. but it's great to be fundraising. And um, I've always been a very enthusiastic drinker. And it starts to take its toll on you, you know, definitely. But And I was in a kind of a bad habit. It's it's sometimes, if you do something for long enough, it's not just the pleasure of it, it's just the fact that you just constantly do it. I didn't really know how to break that chain, you know. And I'd been feeling under the weather, and, and, and with booze you can have such a great time with booze. And you can also drown your sorrows and kind of... These days, you know, stay at home with a big flat screen TV, download the latest film, wade through a bottle of wine every night. The next thing you know, it's like, oh, why are my jeans so tight? And all the rest of it. So I didn't think I was drinking. I was drinking too much and not necessarily drinking for the right reasons. Fun, you know. So I thought I'd give it a shot. And my husband is really annoying because he can really party like a crash test dummy or he can just train for a marathon and not drink for months. I hate him. Wow. I know, yeah, he's got such discipline. Uh, he can get really, really pissed or stay really, really sober, you know. So we thought we'd do it together. And to make a public announcement and a vow to a charity kept me on track. And I got so many encouraging tweets from people. It was just lovely. And we raised, I think, between us, Richard had his own page, we raised about 1,500 quid, which went towards... That's Canada, amazing. Which was really nice. It was just lovely of everybody to donate their hard-earned cash. And how um, did you feel at the end of the month? Did you feel cleansed and pure? Um, I felt proud. Mm. I didn't feel cleansed and pure. I'll tell you why, because... Unfortunately, Richard and I both went down with the worst cold for October. A lot of people had it. It's a terrible lurgy going around in October. So I was coughing and spluttering, going, I wouldn't have fucking caught this cold if I was pickled in Sauvignon Blanc like I normally am, <laughs> which I'm convinced acts as a protective barrier, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I was proud, and my close friends and family and my children were absolutely speechless. <laughs> Brilliant. Mummy, I've never seen you sober. That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> so impressed. And it's it's quite uh, um, appropriate, or perhaps not appropriate, that your uh, your little uh, gift is not oh, so little. It's it's a magnum of red wine. It's a magnum of Malbec. <laughs> so we must take a photo funny. of you holding that. Are you that? trying to kill me? <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. Mwah, mwah. Oh, Thank mwah, you. Mwah, mwah. That is so. That is wonderful. That's no, all right, we'll my darling. Enjoy, do you know what? We'll enjoy that Christmas. That yeah. would be lovely. I haven't given up, but it, I am cutting back, and it, it, it taught me a good lesson doing Sober October. What, what are your plans for Christmas? Um, we we normally go skiing, but this year we decided to stay home and chill out. We're a bit knackered. Uh, so we've got uh, mum-in-law coming over. The child, Scarlett will be home from uni, which is lovely. And so we're just going to put our feet up, watch crap, Christmas TV. That sounds beautiful. And... Just have, a, have an easy one this year. Carol Decker, thank you so much and happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, everybody. Yay! <laughs> Every time you call me, I should run the other way. And every time you call me.
Fabulous to pow and run. And for all Carol Decker fans, look out for an extended version of that interview entitled Double Deck the Halls. Hey? Eh? <laughs> and then mine. Where we chat much more, and Carol uses the C word. And we ain't talking Catholicism, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, I've managed to hitch a ride with Father Christmas himself. <laughs> Don't milk it, love. To head to my next destination, in return for a few light duties on board. Something about elf and safety at 20,000 feet. <laughs> Our next guest is clearly a glutton for punishment. This will be his third time we've had him on. Clues? Well playwright and scriptwriter for Torchwood, Doctor Who, The Sarah Jane Adventures, Wizards vs. Aliens, Hetty Feather, Millie in Between, Eve, Dark Shadows and more. Sometimes writing all these at the same time whilst playing the castanets in his underwear and downing a serviceable bottle of Chardonnay. <laughs> Who could it possibly be, dear readers? Uh, to the left, Santa. To, to the left. Missing that tree. Just, just miss that tree. M- miss that tree. Miss that tree! Miss that tree! So, Mr. Joseph Lidster, the people's poet, and so much more, welcome to your third outing on SNS. How in Hades are you, sir? Yeah, I'm alright. It's, um, you know, December, so. Everybody's got drinks planned and there's still theatre plays to go and see and birthdays and everything. So it's all a bit exhausting. I'm getting a bit old for it now, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> You're never too old for it. Um, anyway, this is a privilege to get you on to talk about your writing, which I've got to say, um, 
Joe just seems to get better and better because I've been reviewing some of your stuff. Uh, a lot to catch up on since we last spoke. And obviously yeah. we did a special show specific to Big Finish's range of Dark Shadows uh, um, audios, which you head right and produce. And we'll get back to that towards, uh, towards the end of the chat. But I, I just wanted to take you back to the the original interview when the show was on RTE in 2011 and broadcast, I'm very proud to say, considering your Doctor Who connections, on the 23rd of November, Doctor Who's birthday. Talking oh, <laughs> talking all about uh, all your work with Doctor Who, Torchwood, Sherlock, Sarah Jane Adventures, which, were, as far as I'm concerned, was off the scale anyway at the time. But since then, so much telly. I mean, I'm just going through it on your Wikipedia. Three episodes of Millie in between... Two episodes of Wizards vs. Aliens. There's an episode of Eve. Uh, three of Hetty Fair. I was watching one of those today and I thought it was brilliant. Um, and four short plays at the theatre. One of which, in 2012, dear readers, he won the audience favourite writer for Nice Sally, which I saw and I thought was fantastic. So, oh. you know, um, that and all your audio stuff, you are quite a busy boy, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, I like to keep busy. And, well, I just like to do as much as I can in different... I, I love writing for different formats. I love doing audio and theatre and TV and just sort of mixing and matching and... Just finding good, interesting ways to tell stories, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I find particularly impressive about your TV work is much of it is written for a children's audience, which mm. I would suggest is not the easiest genre. As kids obviously spot everything and don't particularly need a lecture after school, you know, from some crusty old writer, which you are yeah. not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if I just add that. CBBC. Well, I love writing for kids' TV. It's... um. You get you get to use so much imagination because they've got so much imagination. They're not jaded by the world yet, mm, um, so you can tell really big, powerful stories, um, and don't, you don't have to sort of try and be very dark and serious about it. You can have humour in there a lot more than you do often in adults' TV. Mm. Um, and of course, and, it must yeah. be flagged up that you've already you've ticked off adults TV very early in your career with yeah. a fantastic episode of Torchwood. So um, mm. you know the world's your lobster, really. I guess um, I like I like the pace of kids TV as well. It's very fast because it's half an hour. Um, you have to put a, fit a lot into half an hour. So um, yeah, no, it's something I just really really enjoy doing. Fantastic. I mean, as I said, I've been reviewing some of your work um, today. Actually, um, Hetty Feather was one I was particularly impressed with. A period drama series on CBBC. I just found the the dialogue very playful and naturalistic. And but it wasn't forgetting the period and allowing sort mm. of issues, which we still discuss very much today, sort of to, to bleed into the past, if you like, making it relatable. I mean, that's quite a skill. I would have yeah. thought. Oh well. Um, I mean, the actual language stuff isn't too difficult. You just. Uh... You kind of just write it normally without putting mm. any modern references in it. And occasionally someone will come back and go, well, I don't think that phrase is Victorian. Uh, <laughs> but I think generally, you, you know, we don't we don't on it try and write all this very posh language because they're not posh kids. They're not posh Victorian no. children. They're sort of um, urchins or orphans. Mm. Um, but it is great because you do get to what's fun is trying to find a historical thing. So one of them was about a boy boy ran away from the orphanage that it set in and he came back because something bad happened to him while he was out. And it's finding something like that and equating it to a modern audience. So sure. it's going, well, actually, the theme of fear, the theme of being scared because something happened in your past, so that stops you doing anything in your future, is kind of timeless. 
And that's where it's really fun, is you get to do that. You must be very sad to see Ida go, but you'll always be in her heart, Teddy. That's a mother's real gift. You tried to shut him away, didn't you? Thank you for your help today, but I think you've done enough. Will you help me to find Charles? But where should I look? There is someone. She persuaded me to give him up. Matron. Dear Matron. Interesting way to spend your day off. It isn't my day off. You sneaked out. You risked losing the job you fought for because I summoned you. I did it because I need to find something out. That's dangerous. I just imagine you ending up in the workhouse like your poor mother. Still, the workhouse is where you belong. But you also get to do, you know, references to the Eiffel Tower being built and things like that. Which <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a history lesson as well with Hetty Tavers. Yeah, so you, you, yeah, you're you getting you're getting a lot out of your half hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just putting it in and making it fun. And apparently the, the you know, they've done audience research and the, the kids watching it love that kind of stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. How do you get in, to, in on the act of a brand new show? I mean, is it an agent thing or personal recommendation well, or do you just hide in their offices for months and jump out? <laughs> <laughs> no, Millie was a new show. Millie was, um, Millie in between was uh, the executive producer, uh, was just looking for writers and I think she just contacted my agency and said, do you have any writers who might be interested or might be, mm. might be a good fit? Um Hetty and Eve had both been running, I think, for a year each before I got involved. And again, it was just, I think in both cases, they were just looking for writers. I, or I think my agent put me forward for one of them, I can't remember, because um, she thought I'd be a good fit. And uh, yeah, and so you just then have to get on with the job, really. Fantastic. What sort of stuff are you working on at the moment? I mean, presumably there might be things you can't talk to us about, but uh, can you drop any hints? <laughs> um Ooh, uh, I mean, that might lead us into Big Finish, because I know you're, you're yeah, doing an so, awful lot of stuff for that at the moment. Yeah, still doing a lot of stuff for them. Had a meeting yesterday for a, a new kids TV show, which um, <gasps> was just a meeting, but we got on very well. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that something might come of that, because I loved the, the format of the show. Mm. The um, Joe Jones Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Please! That'd, that'd, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah, but no, I, uh, uh, the main thing I'm trying to do at the moment is write a full-length play. Um, oh, yes. So I know you said we're going to talk about Dark Shadows and Big Finish, but um, at the moment what I'm trying to do is clear a lot of Dark Shadows and Big Finish so I can really concentrate on doing something new. And I have um, two full-length play ideas. I did a short play earlier on in the year for a scratch night. So you take work in progress, basically, and get oh. feet. And so I did a 10-minute play Scratch for that. Scratch night. Love it. Yes, <laughs> which is very nice. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it went down very well. So I've got that as an idea to develop into a full-length play and another one. And I've been doing some stuff for Audible, which has all come out now, um, which has been great. I love working for Audible, if only because of the fact they get amazing actors. So I've now written for people like Simon Callow and, and things like that. Oh, that's just um, wonderful. Quite amazing. Mm. Um, and, yeah, no, just at the moment, just trying to find what I can find. Where I can find it, really. I'm pretty well. I mean, with Big Finish, you get to write for so many different um, uh, ranges, don't you? I mean, you, mm. and you've covered a, a fair few of them. The 21st century is when everything changes and we're ready. Obviously. I'm standing on an invisible lift. 
and I'm about to enter Torchwood 3. Hooray. You must be Torchwood, then. It's the murders, you see. There's been five in the last two weeks. Well, murders? That's what the police are for. Oh, I thought you might help me. Oh, bless you, but no. I'm from London. I don't do local politics. Good night. Dark Shadows. Bloodline. A 13-part serial. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Dark Shadows is obviously, you know, your your baby, really. Or, or, yeah. or you're, you're one of the main people. How has that been evolving since we last talked about that? Um, I'm trying to think when we last spoke about it. So, oh, it's a few, good few years ago now. Yeah, I think you threw me down the well at the end of the episode. <laughs> Pardon? I think oh, you yes, threw me yes, down yes. the well. <laughs> no! Job done. Mm. Tidy. Last orders? Uh, yeah, mate. Well, a lock-in would be great. World's End or The King's Severed Head? Mm, um, what about the Romeo and Juliet? Unhappy art all night. The Romeo it is. Who writes this stuff anyway? Not me, darling. I've written for Tortured. About three or four years ago, I we did um, a mini-series, a 13-part mini-series called Bloodlust. Mm. That went down very well. That was um, the one we talked about, yep. Ah, it was that we talked about, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that went down very well. Um, the following year, maybe the year after, was the anniversary year. Right. So we did a big anniversary special written by Roy Gill, which won a uh, Scribe Award. Oh, congratulations. Um, it brought back pretty much every member of the cast and Joanna Going, who's quite a big actress, but she was in the 90s remake of Dark Shadows. We used her, and that was a glorious story, basically like a feature film on audio. Mm. Uh, at the same time, we did a lot of short story. Uh, we did a few short story collections, basically trying to get new writers in. So we we managed to get a lot of new writers in that year, which was great. Um, and then... This last year, uh, we did a mini-series called The Tony Cassandra Adventures, which was about um, two characters from the TV series, a witch and a private detective, and it was about them coming together and solving mysteries together, and that went down really <laughs> well. We didn't would think it would, because we thought the Dark Shadows fans might find it a bit silly, but actually they really enjoyed it. So we've just released a second series of that, but we've also recorded a third series ready for next year. And so the big thing we're doing at the moment is been working on, over the last couple of months, few months actually, been working on the sequel to Bloodlust, so the next 13-part serial, which is called Bloodline. The Collins family. I wonder what they're really like. <laughs> Rich, obviously. They've got a whole town named after them. Apparently, they came over here in 1690, which is practically ancient history in America. But I need to get into that house. That big, old, creepy mansion on the hill. Time's up, Collinwood. Vivian Bell is coming for you. And I'm not leaving until I get what I want. Dark Shadows fans must love you. They must worship at your feet. <laughs> so we're getting some nice reviews now. We're getting some nice feedback. And actually, we went to um, me and David Darlington, who, frankly, is the person who makes it all happen. Uh-huh. Um, I just come up with all the silly ideas. He's the one who actually gets it into studio and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, he, We went to Big Finish Day, which was... Uh, so Big Finish, the company we do the audios for, has a sort of annual convention. And this year it was in Derby mm-hmm. um, last month. And we went there. And, and what was great was, yeah, we got a lot of people to try 
Dark Shadows, we you know we sort of were able to sort of say to people, look, you don't need to know it. You can just try this one. You can just try that one. Um, Do you have little booths set up in these conventions so people can have little listen? <laughs> no, that's a good idea. Yeah, there you go. Free of charge. I think it's so hectic that mm. it'd be really quite difficult to do that because you're yeah. sort of trying to grab people. So you no, should have like one episode of, of one of your best ones in a, with a full audience, lights turned down, and people oh, that's just great. yeah. That would uh, really nicely. But um, actually, go. what we did was we took a free CD. We took the first ten minutes of a story mm-hmm. on a little sort of it's not a mini disc, but it's a mini CD mm. type thing. Um, handed that out. But yeah, no, basically it's just grabbing people and saying have you tried it no or would you be interested and and often what we do is we look we point to the ones that have a doctor who actor in yes. um they were very much standalone so we had matthew waterhouse it was his first work big finish fabulous and um so we sold out that one and and things like bloodlust which are very you know we sort of go basically it's a 13 part murder mystery with ghosts and werewolves and vampires in it but again because we're trying to get ahead on everything so that I can concentrate on some stuff other than Dark Shadows. We've uh, <laughs> writers currently working on the next 13 part series, which will come out next. Right. No, Bloodlines next year. The following year will be one called Wincliffe, which is we're basically saying it's 24, but set in a mental asylum, lunatic asylum overnight. So it's told in real time. So we're doing something a bit different there. And then we're working on the following year's one, which is uh, one called 13, which is going to be written by just me and Alan Flanagan, who does a lot of writing for us and some script, does a lot of script editing for us now as well. Um, so this and, is way in advance. You, you yeah. know all this stuff happening, which is like spanning a good few years ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's great because it means we can plan because Dark Shadows does of the, the serial elements and the character arcs and things because it was a soap opera originally. Mm. It means we can actually plan stuff ahead so we can... We can say to the writers working on Wingcliffe, we want to do something with this character. Uh, yeah, and give them some tips about good. where they are. Then mm. we can work out, yeah, and we can find a way to make it all fit together. So so what it does is it rewards the long-term listeners because they can hear things sort of seeded in earlier stories. So, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. it's all good fun. It's good fun. Fantastic. I mean, that, that, that's quite a comprehensive <laughs> cover of Big Finish. What about the future long term? Because, I mean, I know there are other genres you're interested in. I mean, would it be like a new, a brand new show that you would create yourself for TV? Or, or? I'd love to do that. I'm working on a, a sort of spec script, uh, an idea. Hmm. Um, again, it's all sort of, a lot of it's been put to one side while I've been doing Dark Shadows and Hetty Feather. So it's trying to sort of get a lot of stuff done. And then I think my plan is in January is to go away for a week and just try and do some writing um, just for myself. Uh, So I I do have a vague idea. I'd love to come up with my own kids TV show idea. And I do have a sort of rough idea of a vague sort of gist of an idea that I just need to work on a bit more. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm intrigued. I mean, if anybody can do it, you can, mate. Oh, thank you. So what's for Christmas, then? What's uh, happening with you? Um, well, I mean, I even just before speaking to you, I'm be- desperately trying to organise the rest of the month. So <laughs> um, went to see all of the 1980s uh, BBC show Box of Delights on the big screen on Saturday. And this Fabulous. Saturday we're going to go and watch the uh, 
theatre version of it at Wilton's Music Hall. I saw it a couple uh, of days ago, and I put a good oh, review in on the on the on Twitter. It was fantastic. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, no, we saw it last year and blown away by it. Mm. Made me cry. Made me oh, cry. Bless you. It was so like beautiful and <laughs> such a sweet. Nostalgic about childhood. That? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is quite a bonkers story, though. I was saying oh, to yeah. Andy, my partner. I mean, it's it's like one of those really layered Doctor Who, Stephen Moffat's, when there's just so much going on, and you have to almost like you know you study it as a play. So, to... Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, the wolves are running. Yeah, they're doing that, and uh, yeah, and the rest is just sort of filling up yeah. with various Christmas drinks and various absolutely. things, and trying to finish some work. Me and my boyfriend will go to his aunt's for Christmas Eve through to Boxing Day. Hello, then, hello, aunt. <laughs> hello, aunt. Yes, Auntie, so whatever. Mabel. Yeah. <laughs> She'll have the wine open as soon as we get there. Oh, it's always a good I'll, couple of days. I'll have the cooking sherry open. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, it's always very merry. <laughs> um, sort of a very merry Christmas. And then we will see some friends and then yeah. we'll go to... Here, uh, my boyfriend's parents. We're going to visit them for a couple of days and back into London for New Year. Not sure what we're doing New Year's Eve yet. Don't worry. Uh, it doesn't have to be quite so detailed, Joe. I just wanted to get a general idea. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's because I spent all day today to be the big day of trying to organise things. It's all sort of in my head. Yeah, um, no, no, you, it's helping it you. I'm now at the stage where I'm so confused and trying, I sort of badgering people going, well, can uh-huh. we just pin down exactly what time we're uh-huh. meeting next week so that I yeah. know that if I'm not going to agree to something else and go to something else. Um, But yes, it'll be, as usual, all very, very hectic. Not exactly relaxing, but really good fun. Oh, I hope you have a fantastic time, you and your boyfriend, Uh, and family as well. And thank you so much, Joe, for coming back for your third outing on SNS. Um, It's gratefully appreciated. (laughs) No, it's been great fun. And it's always lovely to chat to you. Um, Oh, bless you, mate. Joe Lidster, thank you so much, and happy Christmas. You too. Happy Christmas. Cheers, Joe. Well, no time to waste as we catch up with our very next guest, a Norfolk-based DJ slash musician who was on the very first online series back in 2013. Keep it up, Santa. Blimey. Ho, 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 ho. line we have dj slash musician slash brilliant guy all around mr tom james how you doing tom hi nick yeah very well how are you it's good to hear your voice again and uh, listen let's uh, talk about what you've been up to since we last chatted to you i must just say that i was so impressed with all your different styles of music i remember there was such really good quality tracks that you were dipping into different genres and really sort of um doing some good stuff there
how has it been developing since? Well, that was actually quite a long time ago. Now we last spoke, wasn't it? It's yeah, it was, quick. it was a good, a good at least four to five years ago. Five years ago, I think. Then I think I I checked earlier, and it was around five years. Oh yeah. So yeah, <laughs> a fair amount has happened since then. But mm. um, in the last couple of years, I've been fairly quiet on the music side of things. But recently, I have been working pretty hard to try and revisit that, and obviously get a lot of new things finished. Mm. Because I'd of course you, you you um you have a you have a, like a day job like a lot of people do and this is sort of like a passion project on the on the side. I I, I just felt that it sort of seems to cross over to professional quality if you like. So that that's why I really felt you were worthy of being on the show. As in, indeed your brother Jaded Kid. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's always been a passion. But yeah. Let's talk about yeah. some of the stuff you've been releasing. Some stuff quite recently. Synth music. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, the last thing I actually did, the last project I did was the first synth music EP. It was just a few tracks that I was working on at the time. Um, there's a few different styles on that as well. But recently, like I said, I've been revisiting back in production and trying to get new projects finished. Mm. And something I'm working on at the moment is the second or follow-up EP to that first one, so synth music 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's just been a sort of a whole mixture of styles we've got drum and bass in there there's some sort of more hip-hop instrumental tracks mm. and because yeah. i've been listening through uh, some of these uh, both synth musics which are up on soundcloud now um yes. are they available as free downloads uh yeah the first one is first one is yeah um, obviously the second one once that's finished which i was hoping to sort of get out by the end of the year i will of course make that free download as well so hmm. that'll be up that'll well be don't up sell yourself too short mate i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> you're doing some good work you know you should make a bit of spondulix out of it i've noticed that uh, um you've got support from bbc introducing for some of your tracks yeah i can always give a lot of credit to bbc introducing in norfolk because they give quite a lot of support to me and a few people i know a few of my hmm. friends and yeah they've always been really good about you know, if you've got something to send over, they'll always at least listen to it. And if they like it, there's a good chance they'll play it on there. So, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't fault the guys there. They're a really good. Absolutely. We, I was very impressed with them at Tronchenbury, obviously, the, the local Norfolk yeah. Festival we know so well, because I got to interview the uh, the guys um, then. Um, let's have a little listen to uh, one of your tracks uh, from the first synth music, um, a track called One. James from his first synth music EP called One. Fantastic stuff. I love it. Um, anything else you want to add about that? About the first EP? The first one, I made a track with one of my friends, Frosty, which is on there. That was oh, a Frosty little... the Snowman. I remember him. 
<laughs> that was a collaboration we did. Yeah, I'm looking to get possibly him and a few other people involved again. It'd be nice to sort of work with a few local people again. Mm. Uh, any new uh, artists yeah. that have been inspiring you in the last five years? Um, I think with listening to so many different things now, especially in recent times, I think there's quite a lot of different styles and different artists to mention, really. But mm. a lot of recent things have been... I've been revisiting things like the house and drum and bass and things like that, and also a lot of sort of hip-hop side of things. Mm. So it's a bit of a, a mixture of styles, really. It's yeah. hard to really pinpoint what I, what I would class it as, I guess. Garage, as I call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me trying to be hibbity hibbity hot with the youngsters. <laughs> Some sick beats. Anyway, how do you feel your music has evolved? I know it's a bit a difficult question to ask, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, pretty well impossible. I'd probably say at the moment I feel a lot happier with how things sound. So there's a lot more sort of time and consideration spent on getting things exactly how I want them. Sure. Um, I suppose in the past I'd probably say I'd go as far as sort of releasing things when maybe they weren't quite mm. finished as such. We've all done that. Out- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think now it's more a case of I'm only going to put things out mm. once I'm 100%. So it's just a matter of time, really, rather than how many tracks or sort of how often, I guess. Absolutely. Well, listen, I've been listening through your current, your, your brand new synth music too, last night just to, to get a sort of an update on you. And uh, I love it. I really love it. Um, I want to hear a little clip as well. Let's hear a little clip of Footsteps.
Well, there we go. Synth Music 2. That's on Tom James's uh, SoundCloud page, which you can find by looking for it. Uh, that was fantastic, Tom. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, what, what's the future like? Well, what more um, music-based stuff are you uh, hoping to do? More collaborations? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'd like to explore working with different people around here. I, said, I know there's quite a lot of new people emerging as well. Also, back on the subject of that project... Like I said, I was aiming for possibly around end of the year release. I've mm. got about six or seven tracks so far. Ah, so we're talking yeah. a whole album here. Yeah, I'm looking to, I'm not really sure on how much I'm going to go for, probably around sort of 10 to 12, but mm. yeah, I'm getting there slowly. So hopefully in the next two to three months, I could possibly get that out. Oh, that's a that's a well exciting project to have a whole album <laughs> yeah. of your own music. That is awesome. I can't even play the kazoo. So, you know, I am in awe of all you guys. I really am. <laughs> Um, well, you know, just to say, it's Christmas time coming up, jing, jing, jing and all that. What are your yeah. plans? I think it's just going to be spent with family and, of course, Amy and, and friends. That's your, that's, and... Your, that's your lovely missus, your lovely girlfriend. It is indeed, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said missus yeah, and I thought, yeah. oh, whoops. <laughs> Not yet. No. Not yet. <laughs> are you going to propose live on air? <laughs> I'm just winding you up, mate. But she seems lovely, because yes, I met her yeah. in everything. <laughs> you have indeed. <laughs> well, listen, have a fantastic Christmas, Tom. Thank you so much for uh, coming back to uh, rejoin us with our collective catch-ups, uh, part two. And uh, best luck with the future. Keep in touch, and we'll keep in touch with your music. Yes, thank you, Nick. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to come back, and obviously, thanks for your continued support. And, yeah, it's great to chat. Fantastic, mate. Cheers. Children roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Tom James, bless his cotton socks. Two more interviews left in this bumper-packed festive edition of SNS Online and the first is face-to-face in a studio across town. A vocal coach to the stars and SNS Online returnee, Elspeth Morrison. Giddy up, Rudolph. My aunt died of influenza, so they said. But it's my belief they'd done the old woman in. Done her in? And we have the lovely Elspeth Morrison back in the studio um, after a fair few years. You were in our show when it was on um, RTE Pulse uh, back in oh the God. day. Yep. So does that make me very old or you very old? What uh, is it? It makes us... Well, it, no... <laughs> It makes me very old. So was I, I one just, of, was I one of your first and best guests? You were, you were. It was an amazing guest because because okay. um, Andy is Andy was there too. Hello, Andy. It was more sort of podcast. It was the three of yes. us sitting around talking about uh, accents and stuff like that. It and was. Uh, it was great. I yes, loved it. Was. It was one of my faves. I could listen to your voice all day long. Go on, do your Scottish accent. You sound so much more interesting. Well, I can't know because like it's like she just totally beat me to it. Like, <laughs> no, it's very good. He is good. He but is good. I can tell that you 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 know the accents and the dialects. I mean, I'm sure you've got them absolutely spot on. Yes. But you, so you you actually connect to the original series, so yes. it's good to, to get some some of those people. So, 
How has it been going since then? Who have you been sort of vocal coaching? And is there any any sort of exciting stories or people you can mention? Throw some names oh, in. Oh, I've got many exciting stories. Mm. But, um, and film sets and, you and know, fil- No, I don't do films. No, I don't oh, do films because okay. I find them too annoying. Oh, I, film sets they is, take too long? It's so boring. Some of my best friends um, love coaching uh, accents on films. I can't bear it because mm. you hang around all day um, and then you maybe get to dodge in between the people doing wigs, makeup and taping people's shoes to the floor. I mean, voice coaches are so low down the food chain, accent coaches in terms of getting in. And the thing is, you've got to be nice to people. You've got to be nice to people all day, Nick. <laughs> I can't more, do that. It gets more difficult the older we no, get. No, <laughs> I can't do nice all day. And also to people that, you know, I just can't do nice. So film sets, no, not my thing. I work more in... Um, theatre, which I absolutely love being in a rehearsal room um, and working one-to-one with actors and um, oh actually no, the only film thing I ever do, film or telly thing I do is what they call ADR Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Additional dialogue recording. Recording, which is dubbed afterwards, yeah. Correct. So I, I work with the lovely and wonderful Natalie Dormer, who mm. is uh, on um, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Oh yeah, the new and one, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's an absolute dream actress to work with. So mm. she sometimes has to lip sync or re lip sync herself or drop in another accent, and that's really good fun. I really like the concentration of focus of doing ADR. You sit in a studio. Um, somewhere in Soho, and people bring you bring you drinks and food. <laughs> what, alcohol, all day. alcoholic drinks? No, obviously not, because I'm a professional. That's, that's later. Um, nice coffee and chockies. Nice coffee, and and you're just listening very minutely to sounds and making sure those sounds match up with the lips, mm. and it's a fantastic thing. Mm. Um, and Natalie's a fantastic actress to work with because she does it really well. Not all actors can hear themselves and follow their own lips. I understand. It's a little bit rubbish, but she's fabulous. Is it partly to do with the amount of time you're given to work through these things? I mean, like ADR or particularly in theatre rehearsals, Mm. are you given time? Presumably time is what you might not have if they're rushing a film through or something. Um, There's there's so many people involved in a film set um, and voice coaches are quite low down the pecking order of importance so you tend to be the last person in to say something and then they're going to fix it in ADR anyway ah. mm. um, so personally I don't like films I prefer radio I work in radio quite a lot and they are uh, radio actors are the fastest people on the planet for turning stuff around so this is how it works for radio actors um, generally they get a script in the post that they look at on their own then they come in uh, let's say to BBC Radio Drama for example they come in and they read the script all together. Uh, the director gives them a few notes. I give them a few accent notes. And then they go and start recording it. <laughs> Boom. Wow. So to be a radio actor, the type of actor that does radio, you've got to have very little process. You've okay. just got to make lots of quick decisions um, very speedily, get on, do the work, my kind of people. Mm-hmm. So they take accent notes really well because they just sort of squint at you and go, what, do you want me to say bath rather than bath? And, they, and you go, yeah, and they go, Okay, and they obey you. Brilliant! <laughs> I love a radio. Nice, act. Yeah. I love a radio actor. So I've done recently. There's a wonderful one called Guthrun Sagas, which goes on and on. This land is a sacred land. Bolte, come on! You're so slow. He was born slow. This land is fertile and plenty. Kiasan isn't like you. Why is your brother so much faster, Butley? Whose is it? I'm not saying. 
You're not seeing? I don't have to tell you. You don't have to tell me? I don't. You can't make me. Oh, you are a silly sod. I know. I know I am. He's got to marry you. He can't. Of course he can. He can't. Why? Because he's already married. Oh, my Lord. One called Black Eyed Girls, with all sorts of fantastic actors, who's, none of whose names I can immediately remember, because that's the sort of person I am. But they're very nice things to listen to. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful actors. And what about theatre? Does it evolve more over a longer period of time? Yes. So, so like, for example, there are two plays on uh, recently at The Crown. Um, no. <laughs> the Rose. <laughs> the Rose and Crown. Two, yeah, that's where I was going with that one. Um, there are two plays that have been on recently at The Rose in Kingston mm-hmm. uh, about Hogarth, mm. written by Nick Deer. Um, and that rehearsal process was for about six weeks. Um, Keith Allen oh, was in nice. that. Yeah. Um, and the, it was a lovely time to work on the plays, but everyone was going a bit mad because the rehearsal room was a bit small and the ceiling was very low. It was all right for a hobbit, like a five-foot hobbit like me, but <laughs> anyone over sort of five foot five, it was not a very pleasant experience to be in the rehearsal room for that long. Uh, but they did two great shows down there. Um, lots and lots of different accents in that, like another show called Ink that I worked on that was in at the Almeida, then transferred to the Duke of York's, about Rupert Murdoch, kind of, a Rupert Murdoch-type character and how journalism changed for everyone he came along. Um, Had that marvellous actor that was in Dr Foster, Man. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. But him, (laughs) that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of other splendid actors too. (laughs) You see, this is my life, Nick. I work Mm. with all these people Mm. and people say, who have you worked with that's famous? And I go, oh... Oh, I don't know. Because, because I mean this in the best way possible. They're just people to be. They're nice people. Um, actors. No, they're it, gods. They're gods. Well, no, no, let me tell you, let me tell you, the more, on the whole, the more working actors, uh, the more famous ones tend to be much more pleasant than the rising and aspiring ones who are trying to get somewhere. Yeah. So on the whole, actors are actually charming and wonderful to be with. And the people that you read in the sort of, Red top papers and the magazines are, tend to be a little bit. Oh, I don't know what the word is, but divas. Uh, yeah, but there's there's way less. Like... There's way. I guess my point is, yeah. most actors I work with are an absolute delight, and there are way less divas mm. than the magazines would have you believe. Yeah, because they've got a. They are people who have to be nice to get their next job. Yeah, they're not idiots. Mm. So, but hopefully that means that they are nice. They are actually genuinely. Unless they're doing it gritted through with their yeah. teeth all the time. I, I'm a really <laughs> nice person. And if they are a bit arsy sometimes, it's because they're focusing. It's because they're mm. trying to do the best work. Yeah. Often, I mean, I hear this about um, radio and television people that I work with as well. Um, so broadcast people. Ah, so here's one. Go on um, Michel Hussain, um, that marvelous presenter that is at the BBC. Um, I am quoted in her book. <gasps> She's written a book called Skills. And probably the thing that thrilled me most more than anything this year is I went to the launch of the book where not only was I the smallest, but I was also probably the least famous person in the room. It was just kind of <laughs> politicians, the top brass at the BBC oh, and me. And she name-checked <gasps> me. Oh, that's wonderful. And I was standing next to Claire Balding at the time and I nudged Claire Balding in the room. I went, that's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> so... 
so that's I was awesome. Very excited. So that's probably the most exciting thing in a pink book called The Skills, which is actually a the very skills. good book as well. Uh, about skills. About skills. Is it like holding your breath underwater and stuff like that? Because Michelle Hussein would be famous for that, wouldn't she? <laughs> um, it's more about how to get on. Um, as a woman, she's got she's got womanly tips for getting on. It's very nice. Glad you written. said tips. <laughs> tips, and she's talked to lots of people about, and then amalgamated it. And I oh. I think she's I've worked with her a couple of times, and there's utterly no need for me to work with her because she's fabulous. How wonderful! I look forward yes. to reading that. Um, yes. One thing we do have to flag up because mm. you took me to—I don't know if it was a premiere, it was some sort of um, mm. arty farty thing—but uh, it was some um, Joe Brand's film, "The More You Ignore Me." Do you not find it scary? She's my mum. My dad says she was so full of life before she got ill. Morning. Mark's here. I hope you didn't get up to anything. Can't you find a nice girl? What? Doesn't have a mad mother. How's mum? Perfectly normal. She just hit Marie Henty. Mum, how are you feeling? Shit. Starring Sheridan Smith, Ella Hunt, who I got to speak to, who was lovely. Mm. Uh, you know, young, brilliant, bright young thing, mm. talents. Joe Brown was in it as well, and she was there. Mark Addy was there, who's going to be in Doctor Who. Very exciting. Oh. Sally Phillips, Sheila Hancock. Yes. Massive, massive cast, and you were involved in that. So what were you actually helping? Well, with? I was working with Ella... Um, just making sure that she stayed. Um, she, the requirement was she had a mild northern accent. Mm. And because I'm a little bit northern, it's like <laughs> slightly specialist field. Mm. Um, so it was just as she was filming, we Skyped because I wasn't there on set. We mm. Skyped quite regularly. Um and she was great to work with, and and naturally she's an RP speaker, and she's she's quite young, and she hadn't really experienced doing lots of different accents before, but she absolutely nailed it. I was really pleased when I saw it with the result when we went to the, um, I think it was the premiere, in fact, yeah. at some posh place. In it was pretty Soho, posh, wasn't it? Oh, not Soho. What was it? Haymarket. Yeah, somewhere Haymarket like that. We yeah. Went I just to. followed you. Yeah, just followed me. I just followed you on my coattails. But she's she's one of these people, a name to watch. Really, Ella really, Hunt. Ella Hunt. And really, you've heard it here first. Well, you probably heard it. It's probably been mentioned many times before. But yeah, yeah. You know, she's yeah, she's, she's fabulous. Actor of great beauty, charm, and. Um, Subtlety, yeah, and depth, absolutely, all of it, absolutely, yeah. So, what about the future then? Anything exciting coming up, or is it just more of the same? Or... It's more of the same. Mm. In mm. my line, it's in my line of work. I never know what's around the next corner. Mm. It's, it really is a mystery. So it can be dead quiet one minute, and then it's like ah, full on the next. <laughs> so, so that's what's around the corner is more ah, of the same, which I actually quite enjoy being that freelance. <laughs> well, Elspeth, thank you so much for uh, joining us again for pleasure. our uh, 10th anniversary pleasure. show. It's always the pleasure to see you. And uh, you get a, a celebrity box of chocolates as well. So thank you so much. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you. The lovely Elspeth Morrison there. She's dead nice and that. And your go-to vocal coach gal for all things voicey-voicey. Well, we're coming to the final interview of a show, or should I say interviews, as we have not one, but two of Warrington Leeds and Los Angeles's finest electro-funk modern vintage pop bands to have emerged ever. So, before we chat to the chaps, let's remind ourselves of the brilliance that is the Wenatchee tribe. 
So with me is lead singer Liam and fellow Wenatchee Triber, Anthony. How are you doing, guys? Smashing. Oh, it's good to hear you uh, again. It's been a good couple of years, I think, or perhaps even three years since we last met at that pub in... Nah, it was only... uh... It was last year. Oh, was it last year? <laughs> oh, my God. It just blurs into one happy um, series of events for me these days. But um, uh, there seems to be a lot to catch up on since we met in that pub in East London. Is that pub still going, by the way? Because weren't they trying to yeah, save it? We saved it. We saved the George. The, Win- the Wenatchee gig saved the George. Oh. You can write that down. Single-handedly. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So great pub um, in East London for music events and stuff. So check it out, uh, dear readers. So basically, I, as I said, I've been going through all your stuff and you've been off to America, haven't you? Doing stuff in America, Los yeah, Angeles twice, and stuff. Twice we've been there this year. Tell us yeah, a bit twice. about that. What's been happening? We started off, um, our first show was on Hollywood Boulevard this year in Hollywood. <laughs> in the Harvard and Stone, yeah. We did a, um, a tour of the States, well, the tour of California in March and then we came back, we did a full tour of the UK, all the festivals and stuff. And then we went back there in September and we were supporting the charlatans out there in September. Amazing. That's so yeah. cool. We've done a few more shows and we would like to give a shout out to Behringer, um, Frank, Michael and Serenity at the Music Tribe team and Chris Hines, who've been looking after us as well. Awesome. And out there, this is, you know, in the States. And uh, it's, yeah, it's been really good. But I tell you, this is so cool to, to have a, like a tour in America and uh, and getting interviewed on various podcasts over there. And what was the Grey Lantern? What was that about? The, the um, Some music site or something? Well, they, they watched us when we supported the Charlatans. <laughs> and um, it's like a, it's a tastemaker website. It's called The Best of British Music in the USA. And... They contacted us and we did an interview with them. So, and we're sort of still, we're still doing things with them now. We're going to be going back out there in 2019, which we shall be updating people about very soon. So you are officially the cream of a crop in the UK. We are. We are <laughs> the cream of the crop in Los Angeles. Well, well that's <laughs> from, from the UK. From the UK. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty damn sexy to me. Those clouds are younger, the only visit. There's a boat from the dreams. If you blink, you miss it. Now back to the present. Soul, you're working with Soul to Soul on the Happy Mondays uh, Rueta. That's awesome. Yeah, that was our uh, last show that we did the other week. Mm. We uh, supported Soul to Soul, and uh, Rueta came up and guested with us on two tracks. That's oh, your co with us, our Dylan, and uh, to be for the future. That's fantastic. It was a great place, great place to end the, uh, an amazing year because it was at the, the Grand Hall Arena in Preston, and um, yeah, it's just a wicked show. Yeah, that's, been, that's quite a big venue, back. isn't it? 
the honesty of the year of our lives. So it was a great way to, to you know, and a, and a live way to end that big that big arena with Soul to Soul, yeah. Mm. So gigs really seems to be the thing for you. You really sort of chase them all around. You want to get to all your fans, which is fantastic, rather than just putting out the music and uh, um, hoping for the best. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course, because, I mean, we're... With, I think we're the hottest live band around. They'll put us up against anyone, Nick, any band that any band in the world right now. I'll put us up against. <laughs> I wanted you guys to play at my brother's uh, festival, Trunchenbury, but I don't think we worked it out uh, this time. We'll <laughs> we'll have to slot you in for another another year. Of I don't think it's happening this year. But let's talk about any new music that's coming. What are you actually sort of cooking up in the studio or or just you know in your bedrooms and stuff? You uh, is new stuff um, percolating in your heads. Yeah, well, we, we, while we was out in the, the US, we was actually uh, uh, working with John X, and we've actually recorded quite a few tracks over there that are in the process of being ready to re-released. Yeah, oh, yeah, awesome. we're, we're doing the album with John X, who produced, he's like um, co-produced the Rolling Stones with David Bowie, people like that, and we've been out there working with. Every time we're going out there, we're doing a bit more of the album with John. So when we go back there to in ne- early next year, we're going to be doing a lot a bit another chunk of the album but there'll be a single release in the first quarter of 2019 with one of the tracks that we did with John. Oh and that's I, so exciting. And do you know what's good that John said to me in the studio when we were doing that track I was doing the vocals and um, John went Liam I want you to sing this as camp as you possibly can. <laughs> and I was like oh. I was like fuck off John and he went no I want to sing it as camp as you can and it fucking really worked didn't it? Oh. It's in the booth. Minting it up in the booth there Nick. <laughs> Is it your touchy-feely side? Yeah, of course, mate. Oh, that sounds good to me. Listening to Silver Finger sing play one of the tracks on the BBC uh, yesterday, I think, as we record this, uh, for a compilation album uh, next year for Action Against Hunger, Heaven Forbid, um, featuring yeah. the Wide for Sound Choir. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, well, it's like you just said, it's going to be coming out on um, part of a compilation album for the charity Action Against Hunger as part of the meal ticket. It's called the Meal Tickets compilation album, mm. and it's got some. We can't really say too much about it because it's it's up to them to announce it officially. But it's, you know, it's got some real iconic names from the British music industry on it, and um, yes, again, an, an honour to be asked. And right, uh, Silverfinger is in the Sun, who is obviously in the Renacci Tribe, and he's now running the Monday Night Mix tape show on mm. BBC Leeds. So, so we thought we'd give him the exclusive. So how did you get involved in Action Against Hunger? We were approached by Deborah Debs, who um, who runs the charity. Hello, yeah, Debs. Hi, Debs. Yeah. Shout Hello. out to Debs. Hi, Debs. <laughs> yeah, so Debs approached us to be involved with it, which, again, was a great honour because... Oh, yeah. You know, new, new Order have pushed uh, really behind it in a certain ratio, Sean Ryder and people like that. So to be um, put in the same sort of, you know... 
mm. mixed scouting part of those those um, artists is yeah. Honor, you know what I mean? We're obviously doing something right. <laughs> oh, it's a real badge of honour. Uh, what about some of the live... Um, I've been watching some of the YouTube stuff, the Music Tribe studio um, recording. What was that about? That was... Uh, when we was in America, Music Tribe. Music Tribe's a... Is it called the music... What the fuck's it called? Music Tribe. It's like a media centre for a few, a quite a few uh, electronic brands like Behringer. Yeah. Uh, Midas, TC Electronics. It's an equipment company, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, we, so obviously when we've been going out there, they've been uh, looking after us. But what it was, when we went out there, it's like Music Tribes has all these sister companies like Behringer, Midas, TC Electronics underneath it. So they were providing our game when we're in America. Uh, Music Tribe itself, it's got like um, a, it's a sort of a showcase room so mm. we were going in there, we'd be doing live performances which were going out live through Behringer. But they also, which was again a bit of an honour for us, or a massive honour, they launched the artist profile series with the Bonacci tribe. They just put out so they've done three parts to it. The last one was we live in an area in Warrington called Lapsford. It was from LA Lapsford to LA California <laughs> a mini documentary. Uh, me and Anthony from Warrington, working class town, northwest of England, right in between Manchester and Liverpool. So we're overshadowed a bit by those two big cities, mm. do you know what I mean? And it's been tough to get out of that. When I was like a teenager, I was a bit embarrassed mm. that I was an artist because it wasn't cool, it was a little bit, you know, like a taboo. It took a lot of self-belief to be able to do that. So I'm proud of where we're from, do you know what I mean? It's quite funny because back in the day, me and Inder, not a lot of people knew this before the music industry, we were a wrestling tag team called Sing and Ting. <laughs> which we, we spoke about during one of the interviews. And then we bumped into Frank, Michael and Serenity, who were also a wrestling team from, yeah. the, uh, from the late 90s. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we had a bit of a catch-up, wasn't it? Yeah, so the, the, actual, the actual stage we're playing on, yeah. at night time, they take all the instruments off and build you know, the, the ropes around it and it actually doubles up as a wrestling ring. Oh, we had the, <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. It's a bit like the Radio One Live Lounge, isn't it? You know, good place to it was play. Like the Survivor Series. Yeah. <laughs> so, music Tribe Survivor Series, sing and sing against um, the music, the music destruction. The <laughs> <laughs> one thing I meant to ask you, and I wasn't actually going to ask you in the interview, did you swap one of your members, as it were? Um, <laughs> well, personally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we Got a strap on. Track. You have a new guitarist. Yeah. We have a new guitarist called Mike B. Jamie left uh, at the end of last year due to sort of personal. personal issues. And you know, we love and respect him. So that's all. There's no, there's no hard feelings or anything there. Sure. And um, Mike B joined the band. We've known Mike for a long, long time. And Mike stepped in. And yeah, it's that's that's about it, really. Mike's, it's all going well. Mike's the, um, insanity crew. Mike's first gig was at the Harvard in Stone on Hollywood Boulevard in March, so he didn't do bad. Just can't trust 
What about Tommy Flanagan? Is he going to do a bit of rapping on one of your singles or something? He's going to do some rapping uh, next week. Bars, actually. Yeah. yeah. Christmas yeah. ones. He's got, he's got a train set to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, a bit, and, a bit, and a bit of yodeling. We've got him doing a yodel solo. <laughs> yodel solo. <laughs> yodel. I was going to be in a rapping group called the Biscuit Rappers, but it didn't really work out. <laughs> there you go. You can have, have that one on me, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put that in a cracker. <laughs> yeah. TV program coming out called Sons of Yodeling. <laughs> <laughs> I get my best jokes out of crackers. So, um, so what's been some of your highlights this year? Like, I mean, gig wise, or you know, some of the BBC introducing stuff. What what are the, the ones that are really sticking out? I think for me, the Charlton show. Yeah, I think the Charlton show. Yeah, what it? Yeah, it was just um, it was a great honour to be on that stage, and you know, it was, it was, it was gig about life. Yeah, it was, it was a dream oh. come true. Fantastic. It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it sounds mad, this. It wasn't just... Obviously, it was great dealing with the charlatans in Los Angeles, but it was our performance. We, we put the performance of our lives on in that yeah. gig. Um, it, you know, we went up to another level. But yeah. also, I think, Bearded Theory Festival, we headlined um, the showcase stage at Bearded Theory Festival in the summer, and again, that, I think that was the best, for me, the best UK yeah. date. Yeah. Oh. No, and from that performance, they've invited us back to uh, play the main stage next year. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. So it's, it's the Beardy Festival? Beardy, Beardy? Bearded, bearded Theory Festival it is. So everybody's got to have a beard, including the men? Yeah, we all have ours anyway. That were murky. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we're going to play out with uh, one of your tracks, but before that, because um, it's a, like, a bit of a Christmas vibe, what are you guys up to over Christmas? Jing, jing, jing and all that. Are you excited? Yeah, a lot of ching, 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 ching. I'm going to Christmas. I'm going to Christmas. Uh, no, man, we're just taking it. Well, no, we've got, we're setting stuff up for next year. Mm. Busy plotting away. So we're doing a lot of planning. There's a lot of things being booked. There were... We're getting ready to do a lot of announcements. We're doing a lot of interviews. Um, yeah. But, you know, Christmas week, we just sort of chill out, see our families. And yeah. Just veg out to really shite movies and enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> Climb the walls. Climb yeah. the walls, yeah. It does get like that towards the end, doesn't it? Um, what um, track do you reckon we should play um, us out with? By the Manapsi Drive or by anybody? No, by you guys. <laughs> oh, by us. Yeah, I mean... Transition, yes, we're gonna go for transition. Nick, here's an interesting fact for you as well. Uh, when, when you, um, you were the first person to ever hear the single, you were the first person to ever hear it live. Oh, really? That was the first time we played we, it in uh, the George Tavern. When we sound checked it, you were sat there, by, I think by yourself, well, Barry, maybe the guy behind the bar. You're the first person to hear that song perform live in sound check. Well, uh, I remember. So, I thought so, it was awesome at the time. That's amazing. If you were asking me for the track and I wouldn't give it to you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now you can play it out. There you go. <laughs> Yay! Listen, thank you so much, uh, Liam and Anthony, and have a fantastic Christmas and best of luck with uh, next year and everything that happens. I'll be following very carefully. And if yeah, we can slot you in again... Hey, what are you wearing? You what? What are you wearing? I'm naked at the moment at the BBC. Oh. Um, aside a, 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 a Parisian negligee and a smile. <laughs> Bad. Like we, on, we are as well. Yeah, we're well. We've got cr- crotchless lederhosen's on. So. Oh, send some 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 knobby pictures. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. we'll send you them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Bless you. Cheers.
Thanks to Liam and Anthony from the Wenatchee tribe. Elspeth Morrison, Tom James, Joe Lidster and Carol Decker. This is the last show of what has been a pretty epic year for SNS as we celebrate no less than 10 years of shows with the hope of many more. The world seems very different to what it was 10 years ago with Brexit still hanging over the country and dividing many. The ultra-right are stirring and powerful leaders of the world are certainly not what they were. But hell, it's Christmas, so it's time to keep close and be happy. And let's face it, we've got the good doctor to watch over us, who's all woman. I leave you with 13 by Sigan Akinola, with some messages of support by the guests of Christmas past, present and even future. I'm Nick Randall, goodbye. Hello, this is Julie Hesmondalsh wishing SNS a very happy 10th birthday. Hello, it's Paul Condon here. I'm the editor of a 1001 TV series, You Must Watch Before You Die, and I was interviewed for SNS Online about two or three years ago. I just wanted to wish everyone at SNS a very happy 10th birthday, and here's to 1001 more. Hi, this is Andy Cast. Felicitations on your 10th birthday, SNS Online, and you, Nick. I'm so proud to have been part of your first 10 years. Here's to the next 10. Hi, this is DJ musician Tom James. Very big happy 10th birthday to SNS Online. Thank you for the continued support and best wishes for the future. Hi, Nick. This is Rachel Haunt from The Beautiful Secrets. Happy 10th birthday. Hi, Nick. This is Ash Cutler, the other half of The Beautiful Secret, wishing SNS a very happy 10th birthday. Uh, thanks for having Rachel and I on the show last year, and we look forward to more SNS goodness in the future. Hi Nick, SNS Scratch and Sniff Online. This is Steve Randall, the director of Trunchenbury Music Festival in Norfolk, wishing you a very happy 10th birthday. And thanks so much for your programs and promoting our festival. We had over 7,000 people come this year. It was a great success. Hi Nick, it's Carolyn here, author of Two Mums and Two Mums in a Menagerie and Two Dads. Well, congratulations of 10 whole years of scratching and sniffing. Let's hope there's 10 more. Bye. Hi, this is Carol Decker, and I want to wish SNS Online a very happy 10th birthday. You're into double digits. Yay! Hiya, it's Alex Briley here. I came on your show in 2017, had a great experience and a great laugh. I'd just like to wish a happy 10th birthday to SNS Online. And many thanks to Nick Randall for having me on. I hope to see you soon in the near future with my new material. And have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Goodbye. Hi, Nick. It's Michael Watson here. 
I was on the show in 2017 with Alex Briley. Happy, happy birthday to SNS and here's to the next 10 years. Hello, I'm Toby Haydock and I'm wishing SNS Online a happy 10th birthday. What an achievement. SNS Online, you are my inspiration. You are the love of my life. Happy, happy birthday. SNS Online, happy birthday. 10 years old, you look like a day of a nine. Scratch and sniff, 10 years, it hardly seems possible. Happy birthday, Scratch and Sniff. My name's Paul Thomas. I'm more a fan of the show, really. And I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that I got three of my mates on it. So happy birthday, and here's to another 10 years. Keep up the good work, guys. Hey, it's Carmen Harris here. Lovely Nick, you interviewed me about my book, Shit Happens, Magic Follows. I'm hoping that your 10th birthday, SNS Online, I'm hoping that there's a lot of magic and not too much shit. Happy birthday. Hi, this is singer-songwriter Michael Armstrong, and I would like to wish the fantastic and incomparable SNS Online a very happy 10th birthday. Hi, this is Liam from the Wenatchee Tribe. Hi, this is Anthony from the Wenatchee Tribe. Oh, we would like to wish a big happy 10th birthday to SNS Online and Nick Randall, and here's another 10 years, mate. Godspeed. Hello Scratch and Stiff, this is Scott de Butler, former host of the Cosmo on RTE Pulse and of course your old station mate from when Scratch and Sniff first started out on the same station as part of Gay Wednesdays on RTE. I just want to say Bregosona, as we'd say in Irish or in English, happy birthday for 10 fantastic years and what a wonderful 10 years they have been of Scratch and Sniff and long may it continue. Hi, this is Brad Wolf, all the way from Australia, future guest for SNS Online Series 6 in 2019. I just want to say happy 10th birthday to SNS, and I'm looking forward to appearing on the show soon. Merry Christmas.